सहनावतु सहनौ भुनक्तु सह वीर्यम करवावह तेजस्वीनावधीतमस्तुमा विषावी ओ शिशाशास्ट विथ दि इनवोकेटरी वर्स नम श्री शंकरानंद गुरुपादाबुजन्मने सविलास महामोहग्राहग्रासकर्मणे एक्चुअली दिस इज हाउ वी शुड चांट इट बिकॉज दीज आर ऑल वन यू नो फर्स्ट लाइन इज वन वर्ड सेकेंड लाइन इज वन वर्ड बोथ आर कॉम्पाउंड एज वी सॉ इन दू नो इन दर्लियर क्लास एंड येस्टरडेज क्लास सो देर फोर दिंग इज दिस दैट यू नो वी शुड लर्न टू एवरी डे विल बी चांटिंग दिस सो वी शुड लर्न टू नॉट हैव अ ब्रेक आफ्टर शंकरानंद एंड महामोह okay and so we'll try this again namashri shankaranandha guru padambu janmane savilasa mahamohagrahagrasaika karmane this is how we have to chant and uh, we saw this uh, verse in detail uh, yesterday and um, i just had to want to wish to add a couple of other things that i find uh, interesting or fascinating so we'll do that and then get to the uh, chapter 4 so then you know i thought that the word for lotus ambu janman born of water is an interesting word to use here to describe the feet of the guru shankarananda because uh, here this uh, th- there are two two parallels because the lotus uh, this i mentioned i mentioned uh, i hinted at one of the parallels earlier the lotus is born in the same waters that are infested by the crocodile that's the idea it's not that the guru is coming somewhere from above untouched by anything the guru is also part of the jagat just like the shishya is part of the jagat and is afflicted by the jagat guru is part of the jagat not afflicted by the jagat just like the lotus uh, you know repels all kinds of sludge and everything you know so too the feet of the guru which are based in the foundation of knowledge repel the thought of afflictions fears samsara etc and so surrendering to that you know to that uh, embodiment of knowledge in the form of the feet i too will you know get the teaching i too will learn how to not be affected by samsara i will know that i'm free of samsara that is one very interesting parallel with the lotus feet the other parallel is you know is uh, is even more uh, interesting you know because you know we have to take it metaphorically and here what happens is that you know uh, we have to look at when the not when the lotus is born but so much like what are the conditions for the lotus to bloom so it needs water obviously it's a water plant and then you know it uh, it is when it is blessed by the sun 
the lotus blooms in the presence of the sun and so the feet are like lotuses and they bloom when they are washed by the waters or the tears of shraddha and devotion we can look at it that way so they are activated bloom means what their power is activated their power to bring the person who is you know all, all the people who are you know the, the persons who are seeking refuge you know um, all the, for all the people who are seeking refuge namatam ashritanam so for all the people you know these feet have the latent power to free the people from samsara but that potential has to be activated and so the pada prakshalanam here as it were is being done with the tears of devotion perhaps even tears of relief that oh my god finally there is an end to samsara i have been looking at this for so long i am so afflicted and i am so sick of all this i want to put an end to this the student cries while meeting the guru i have been waiting for this for so long and that uh, tears of shraddha and bhakti what happens they activate in the feet you know the feet turn into lotuses we can see uh, take this metaphorically that the feet turn into a the agents of knowledge because they are blessed by the the guru is blessed by the son of knowledge and so the feet bloom in the presence of the tears of shraddha and uh, you know waters of shraddha and devotion you know a kind of a melting heart that's that's why the whole liquid metaphor is here so not that the person is crying crying means tears of relief so tears of uh, shraddha relief and a heart that is ready to melt and uh, you know where all the assumptions are ready to liquefy and so in the in the presence of that kind of a surrender the lotus feet bloom so what do they do when they bloom first thing they do is they bless you with the knowledge and how do they bless you with the knowledge they eat up the crocodiles the, the of you know great delusion mahamoha so what is this great delusion atma ajnanam there is no bigger delusion so the atma ajnanam there are two components one is agrahanam that i don't know this is a very big problem what is this myself i don't know myself is a huge problem and then what else uh, what else is another problem the other problem is that i know this but then i'm i haven't fully assimilated this and therefore what i take myself to be something else so agrahanam you know is the problem and uh, ayatha agrahanam you know is another problem taking myself to be what i'm not and not taking myself to be what i am so i am satchidananda is not known and therefore leaving there to be a big uh, you know mistake scope lots of scope for mistakes i am an idiot i am short i am you know i am this i am that i am not good enough i don't like myself i don't like the people around me you know so many problems so this is you know this is what is, uh, is there is also a pun here so agrahanam means agyanam and so this agrahanam is meaning not grasping so if you don't grasp what happens 
the graha graha here means the crocodile and the crocodile is called the great grasper because i told you you know yesterday that half the animal is teeth and so the great grasper you know grasps you the ahankara if you don't grasp the nature of the atma so there is a little pun there so agrahanam you know makes way for the graha to swallow up you know the ahankara meaning the ahankara then becomes subject to vilasa vilasa means distraction all kinds of distraction and all kinds of the broods the children of atma agnanam such as kama krodha moha lobha mada matsarya all these various trying and difficult emotions they become sub the ahankara becomes subject to that identifies with that and also you know papa punya punarjanma all these things it identifies and so what happens is that the lotus feet of the teacher have to be activated by the shraddha and the bhakti of the student and when it is so activated it eats up it has only one job the feet have only one one job they are not transporting the guru <laughs> what are they doing they are transporting the shishya out of samsara how it's not that the feet are like a boat no the feet make the crocodile itself disappear which is the scariest thing in the in the in this whole world and the, you know and then along with the crocodile the water the seaweed all these things totally totally disappear and this is what the the, the first uh, you know verse of the first chapter of the panchadashi which is mangala charanam you know uh, proposes and teaches and so now what is interesting is this that you know this verse is uh, so beautiful and so involved i told you we can keep on talking about this it also has what is called in sanskrit anubandha chatushtayam anubandha chatushtayam means you know a fourfold um, you know classification of um, the topic uh, and uh, the uh, audience for whom the topic is meant and then the um, prayojana the use the purpose of why this book is being written what is the purpose of discussing this topic and finally what is the relationship to the top between the topic and the audience etc etc and so this is called anubandha chatushtayam anubandha chatushtaya and uh, and it has as i told you this is important for discussing the worth of any manuscript or any work in uh, you know in in the tradition and so this has you know four components the first one is vishaya so the, the the vishaya you know means the topic so what is the topic that is being talked about and then the second thing that is there is adhikari so the adhikari means what adhikari means uh, uh, that last one also should have been uh, uh, long adhikari it should be but uh, you can you can supply that so adhikari so who is the adhikari means who is the qualified person to study this vishaya 
because every knowledge every body of knowledge has certain prerequisites and so what are the prerequisites for this person who, who is the audience and then we have prayojana prayojana is purpose what is the use of studying this because nobody will read a book and nobody will do anything without the purpose okay so wh what is the purpose of studying this and finally sambandha sambandha means what is the connection between the vishaya and the you know prayojana ha ah, between 1 and 3 because you know like for example the sambandha between a recipe book and fulfilling my hunger there is a sambandha correct there is a relationship so sambandha means relationship so there is a relationship between the recipe book and my hunger but it is what kind of a relationship it is the it's 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 called it's got a certain, a certain karma apeksha so the sambandha is through not just you know it's not that reading the recipe book how to make you know something khichdi is going to satisfy my hunger direct, directly no after reading how to make khichdi what do i have to do i have to soak the the, the moong dal and the rice and then cut some vegetables and saute them in the in a little ghee or oil and and then cook the rice and the dal together and mix all these together then it becomes khichdi put the seasonings etc so there is a certain karma apeksha that so that the vishaya becomes you know meaningful or arthavat or has a prayojana there is a certain sambandha so what is the sambandha here karma apekshaya there is a sambandha you know but then there is you know then there are certain other things like for example vedanta shastra where there is no karma apeksha there is no no need to do anything karma apeksha means there is a expectation to do something here there is nothing to do because i am telling you you are the whole and so it's not like after <laughs> hearing you are the whole you have to go and become the whole no there is no becoming here there is no anything here and so what is the sambandha in the vedanta shastra between the vishaya and the prayojana is what pratipadaka pratipadya sambandha so the knowledge is a revealer the audience is to whom it is revealed and the prayojana is instantly gratifies the person unto whom it is revealed it is meaningful and so this is this has to be discussed in detail for any book to be written and the vedantic scholars you know have a nice uh, competition to bring out the anubandha chatushtaya in very uh, what's the word for it uh, you know while discussing something else to put this in uh, overt or covert ways without letting the people know that they are doing this but then it combines this and that's why the first mantra which is an invocation is vishvato mukha meaning it has many applications it is also discussing the anubandha chatushtaya which is important for uh, which were, which were, was an important condition for all the works to be met you know before they could be read or uh, reproduced because now we have all these digital printing press 
and uh, I don't know what else to, you know, well, we don't even need printing press, what is that, you know, the electronic uh, things and everything. So we don't, uh, you know, we don't worry about, we can be garrulous and we can self-publish. In those days it was not like that. Using a stencil on palm leaf manuscripts, each copy had to be painfully etched. And so it better be worth it. And the sages and scholars had these four conditions in mind for the book to have, you know, for the book to fulfill before it should be let loose into the society and into people's libraries. And so here, very interesting here. So first let us look at the prayojana. So grahagrasaika, you know, Grahagrasa, so Mahamohagrahagrasa, Savilasa Mahamohagrahagrasa is the prayojana. Why is that the prayojana? Because the prayojana of reading this book is exactly what happened to Swami Vidyaranya when he studied under Shankarananda. What happened? His, you know, his samsara dropped, the samsara dropped for him. Why? Because he's, you know, he activated the potential of the lotus feet of Shankarananda Guruji and then as a result, blessed by those feet uh, of knowledge, what happened? Some, the, the crocodile gave up its grip. So there was no more Ajnanam and so to you know, this is an unending parampara. This also he shows that in this parampara, whoever studies for them, the crocodile, the, the terrible crocodile of Ajnana and all the delusions that it brings forth, you know, will be totally eliminated. So this is the, this is the prayojana or the promise of reading this book. And then the audience is given very interestingly. The audience is, you know, we can say Namatam means the people who are doing Namaha, Namaskar. To who? The Guru. Ah. So the Namaskar to Guru. Guru here means Shastra because the Guru is just the wielder of the Shastra. So there is, so it brings in Shraddha, it brings in Adhikaritvam, it brings in the audience. So the ones who are humble, the ones who do Namaskara to the teacher and ask for this knowledge and activate the knowledge within the teacher that is lying latent by invoking in the person, the, the teacher. One becomes established as a Shishya and one is ready to learn. So that is the Adhikari, you know. And uh, what is the, you know, and what is the Vishaya? The Vishaya is also Samsara Nirasanam, the removal of Samsara. And, and then, you know, and how is this Samsara removed? By showing that you are non-separate, you know, the, the, by showing the vision of the Atma. That is the Sambandha. So how is this Samsara removed? What is the, 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 the Sambandha? What is the connection between the Samsara's removal and, you know, and my surrender? What is the connection? How is this Samsara removal effected? How does it take place? Very interesting. It takes place by showing that you are no different from the lotus feet of the Guru that you are bending to touch. 
the lotus is like the atma by revealing the nature of the atma the even as pure as the lotus to which which repels all kinds of sludge mud and mud and impurities so to you are also equally pure as the guru that you are going to to get rid of all feelings of papa punya guilt hurt etc so that is the sambandha and so you see in this verse so much is accomplished you know and it is it is a it is a kernel of you know that just uh, you know grows into a big vedanta tree we can just keep on looking at it it is just you know a gorgeous gorgeous verse and so with these words we can make an entry into chapter 4 so a small you know i already gave a small introduction uh, to chapter 4 by way of uh, you know uh, by way of revision of what we saw yesterday because it was already two classes ago and so by way of revision of what we saw yesterday here is you know just a few things that we need to recall so chapter 4 as i said is named dvaita viveka this itself should be intriguing you know why dvaita viveka i thought we were into advaita why are we studying dvaita you know who cares whether the sorrow is because you know i am i did not get what i want today or whether the sorrow is because i did not get what i wanted in the last birth in the also and in the previous birth also and in the birth before that also and so that is why i feel like i am a wanting person well the point is to dispel this illusion to dispel this wrong notion this this mistake that i am a wanting person so what am i going to get by looking into that you know and the author says here that actually it yields some fruit why because it go it is looking deeply into the problem what is the problem dvaita and so why do you want to rush and go to advaita there is no going really because what is advaita is your nature you are you know you are uh, you are one with everything this whole jagat is an you know interconnected chit and jada sentient and insentient things objects beings and the beingness to all of these sentient and insentient things is linked by your own existence your own existence you know is the existence of everything else there is no other source of existence when i ask you are you here and you say yes i am here that existence alone is and that existence lends its presence so to speak you know to the the body is because i am because the body cannot say i am you say this is my body so you have to give you know everything you have to objectify everything and give it its existence and that you is atma tatva in the form of satchidananda which is brahman and this existence is all knowledge because when you say i am what do you what are you saying i know i am so it is all unconditioned knowledge unconditioned by only being the knower or only being the known it is neither knower nor known that which 
you know inhabits the knower and inhabits the known without being either the knower or the known that is what we are talking about so this whole thing is there you know very beautifully and so why should i look into the dvaita i should look into the dvaita because despite this vision i am still succumbing to divisions uh, no vision means no assimilation of vision means getting afflicted or succumbing frequently to divisions so the author here takes a very different tack than any other vedanta writer that we have encountered and he says let us look at the storm you know let us just look at the storm let us face our fears and look at the dvaita squarely in the eye let us analyze this dvaita don't say it is futile to analyze this dvaita because you know something will come out of this and what will come out of this is that right you know we go right to the source of the problem you ask anybody what is the problem they'll say the neighbor is the problem because they are making too much noise and you know and then somebody else will say you know the spouse is the problem because they keep doing this that which i don't like then somebody else will say that children are problem why are the children problem because they have just become teenagers i feel like giving them away and so they are the problem somebody else says the in-laws are the problem the outlaws are the problem the dog is the problem the cat is the problem the politics are the problem and the religion is the problem so everywhere there is problem 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 and the source of the problem is all in short whether the the problem stems from one's neighbor or even one's own mind or from the galaxies it doesn't matter the problem is because of the existence of another so therefore it is dvaita but then there are so many things in the universe you know there are so many people billions of people and then there are you know that's just people and then there are billions and billions of animals and other life forms and then what to talk of inanimate things billions and billions of things so why do we say you know duality it should be multiplicity that's the problem so we should look into all the things that cause us problem so why is it called dvaita viveka an enquiry or a delineation of duality and the answer is very simple because who is you know cognizing the other you say okay yours truly i am the one cognizing the other array if you are cognizing the other how many things can you cognize at one time only one thing you know even if the i see many things the mind cognizes them discreetly one by one in the form of you know thoughts called vrittis so the mind is only going one after the other so you may think that you have seen you know in the room you have seen a table and the table cloth and the flower vase on top of the table cloth and then what else and then you have also seen the uh, you know flowers in the flower vase plus a bowl of fruits that are kept by there and you have seen all these things at once you haven't you know the uh, the the i see and then communicate to the mind and the mind you know 
you know, the, the mind cognizes each thing reported by the eyes one by one, but the mind is so quick that we think that we have seen it all. And so really speaking, from the standpoint of the jiva, that's cognizing something, that subject-object difference is what is the cause of fear and sorrow. That is where the duality, one subject, and you can relate to many objects, doesn't matter, but it's all one-on-one. -on -one. Ah. And so therefore it is called Dvaita, you know, Viveka, Dvaitasya Vivekaha, Dvaita Vivekaha. And so, you know, it's a very ingenious way of looking at why, so it has a few topics, let us see, you know, what they are, general topics, and then specific ones also will unfold as we study the text. So, you know, what does, what is the purpose of this chapter? The purpose of this chapter is to do a thesis on Jeevatvam. Jeevatvam means Jeevahood or Jeevaness. Yeah, so Jeevatvam. And I'm going to write this because we will be, uh, you know, um, using this term a lot. Okay, jivatvam, uh, you know, means uh, jivahood. So jivahood or jivaness, you can say, meaning the status of being jiva, jivatvam. So because it's an abstract noun, and uh, you know, and uh, then. Uh, we have uh, this, you know, this status of being a jiva. So, what is the nature of this jiva? Are, why do I have to read this chapter? I'll tell you the nature of the jiva right now. Jiva means miserable and misery loves company. So, the jiva gathers around itself lot of other miserable jivas. This is what it is. What is there to study? <laughs> it's <laughs> This may be true. But it is a little more, you know, involved than that. And so what is this jiva? The one that is alienated from everything else. And I told you this in the first class itself, that this alienation is the cause of sorrow and the ahankara walls itself off from everything else because of its insecurity. You know, it wants to be connected. It wants to be one with everything. But it's afraid of losing the things that it has worked for, for so long and so hard. And so it keeps those things and also wants everything else and doesn't know how to go about it. It's a confused mess, this jiva. The jiva means individual. And so the one who abides this body-mind-sense complex. Who? The indweller of the body? Yes. Oh, but I thought that was Atma. It is Atma. But then I don't know that. Okay, that's why identified with all the wrong things, you know, coming under the spell of the Graha called Samsara and coming under the spell of Graha called Ajnanam. What happens? You know, it identifies with the body. It identifies with the mind. So the Atma that is identified as it were by the body-mind-sense complex and the Ahankara that has made the mistake and is standing alone by itself is called Jiva. Lonely Jiva with a lot of peeves and complaints. So the alienated individual is the jiva. 
then the next question comes what is this jiva what is this jiva alienated from that also is very easy to answer you know that from which one is alienated is connected to that longing with which one wants to be united and what is that longing you know i want to be happy i want to be and you keep going further i want to be happy and what is this happiness you push and then the person will say i want to be whole i feel incomplete i feel lonely i want to be one with everything i feel all alone i want to be feel connected i feel disconnected and then you push them further and further then finally if they have the way if they are aware enough about their own life they will say i want to be one with the whole ah i want to be one with the source of the universe what is the source of the universe and i want to be one with that so the people who are who have some emotional maturity and who have done a little bit of self enquiry on their own you know will tell you this this is what you know those jivas will say i want to be one with the whole so who is this jiva the one that feels disconnected and alienated from the whole if the alienation is a reality then we need not study the chapter at all ah <laughs> because real means it cannot be removed so then why bother removing something that cannot be removed if i am alienated and if it is if that is the truth no use of studying the chapter and if i'm alienated and it's it's uh, incorrect that i'm alienated you know if it is if it's not true that i am alienated if i'm not alienated in other words then also we can say goodbye to this chapter no need to study this chapter then when should i study this chapter <laughs> that in between state i am not alienated but i think i am alienated why because i am in the grip of the crocodile ha maha maya maha moha crocodile i am in the grip of this delusion thinking i am alienated and so therefore i have to you know activate this knowledge by surrendering my despair at the feet of the teacher letting those lotuses of uh, you know the the lotuses of knowledge in the form of the feet of the teacher bloom and get me out of the grip of this crocodile as it were this is what i have to do so the dvaita viveka is for the jiva who thinks that he or she is trapped in the jagat and the trapping is not just jagat it starts with the very body trapped in the body trapped in the mind trapped by the senses trapped by one's own sorrow you know drowning glub 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 trapped by all kinds of things that one is not trapped by insecurity and so this is what is called the jiva trap <laughs> there was one film called parent trap yeah this this film this unending film that is playing from life after life after life after life same old same old same old been there done that been there done that been there done that are we there yet this mantra this mantra chanting jeeva's life is what this is this is the whole thing and so this is the upaya the remedy for this you know life long chant of i am alienated 
I am alienated. What were you in the life, previous life? Alienated. The life before the previous life? Alienated. The life before the, before the, before the previous life? Alienated. And so, the longing increases to no longer be alienated. Somewhere, somehow, there is the idea, and this is the grace of the Lord, that this idea is there. That, what is the idea? That I, you know, I am not alienated. Because in sleep I am not alienated. In sleep I am one with the whole. I don't have a separate body in sleep. I don't have any desires in sleep. I don't have disappointments in sleep. I don't have raga dvesha in sleep. I don't have any fears or tears in sleep. No sorrow, no fears. And so there is, there is oneness. And that's why sleep is extremely enjoyable. You know, very, very, very coveted. Because that is the taste of Advaita. Except I'm not there to cognize it at that time. I'm, I can enjoy it later. I mean, I'm enjoying it, but there is no enjoyer. There, there is bhoga of sleep without the bhoktri, without the bhokta. No bhokta, but bhoga is there. The status of enjoyer is not there because one is one with the enjoyment. So there is no enjoyer standing alone to say, oh, this sleep is fantastic. Because if the enjoyer came up and said that, then there will not be any sleep. There will not be any sleep at all. You will wake up. It's just like when you are in meditation. You have this wonderful samadhi moment and then you say, oh, what a nice samadhi. Immediately that samadhi is disrupted. And so, this vyabhichara, this contradiction, this even this slight contradiction that you know I, I want the whole and yet I know somehow I am the whole but I yet I still keep yearning for it. How is this possible? During the waking state I am a complaining mess. During the sleep state I am Satchidananda that is written in the Vedanta books. So how is this contradiction possible? This analysis of this contradiction is what brings one to Vedanta. This understanding of the contradiction is what brings one to face to face with Vedanta, desiring Vedanta. And in Dvaita Viveka, this chapter, so this Jiva hood is shaken out like a rug, you know, like a foot rug. You have the foot rug on which you wipe the feet. Everybody who comes into the house wipe the, wipes the feet. So it has dust and debris and twigs and leaves, everything. And then once every two, three days, what do you have to do? Take it outside and just give it a good shake. All of those things fall off. And so the Dvaita Viveka chapter is giving these notions of duality a nice shake by first looking at it and then giving it a nice shaking it up so that it all drops away and one is ready to, you know, what? <laughs> Study the fifth chapter, Mahavakya Viveka. That is the idea one is ready for this knowledge, you know. So this is this is what is the one of the you know topics um, or or the general drift of this uh, you know of this uh, chapter or this book called Dvaita Viveka is to be looking at the, uh, the looking at what is this experience of Dvaita on the part of the jiva 
and then the second topic is you know uh, what is you know how does the jiva fall into this thing called jivaness jivatvam what is this disease called jivahood what all does it comprise and how does the person fall under the spell of thinking i am a jiva even though one is satchidanandam brahma how did this happen because this is what everybody wants to know if i am brahman how come i don't experience it how come i'm still sad how come i'm still troubled by so many things so that is the second general thing that we are going to study and then finally how to come out of this jivaness so that i can be one with ishvara and so along with the you know discussion of jiva jivatvam the you know uh, another important topic is the discussion of what is ishvaratva ishvaratva means Uh, as you as you guessed it ishwarahood you know ishwaratva uh, ishwarahood ishwaraness so what is this this ishwarat ishwaratvam you know and what is this aishwarya what is this ishwaraness and then ha, what is the difference between the jiva jivatvam and ishwaratvam and what is the difference between you know these two and how the jiva is actually one with ishvara and what can one do in one's daily life to you know get rid of coming under the spell of this alienation which is the hallmark of jivatvam and so you see now this chapter is eminently you know qualified for study we are you know we very much want to have the answers to all these things we need to know and so without further ado let us look at the first verse ishwarenaapi jivena ishwarenaapi jivena srishtam dvaitam vivichyate srishtam dvaitam vivichyate viveke sati jivena विवेके सति जीवेन हेयो बंधस्फुटी भवेत हेयो बंधस्फुटी भवेत सो दिस इज अ इंट्रोडक्टरी व्हाट इज दैट वर्स एंड इन द इंट्रोडक्टरी वर्स इज व्हाट इज कॉल्ड अ थीसिस स्टेटमेंट this is statement in meaning like what what is this chapter going to set out to do and what is the purpose of this etc and so the thesis statement in sanskrit is called maha pratigya so this uh, this uh, fourth chapter starts with a maha pratigya an important thesis statement and what is that thesis statement it says that in this chapter you know what are we going to do you know dvai uh, you know dvaitam vivichyate vivichyate means is delineated is differentiated is discriminated what is discriminated dvaitam vivichyate so duality is discriminated and then you know and then uh, we will see the uh, the ishwarena api jivena later 
so then what happens if i de delineate this duality when i look into duality what happens viveke sati when this viveka comes you know this is what is called a absolute locative construction so when the viveka comes when the viveka dawns when the viveka comes forth rises forth then sphuti bhavet then it becomes clarified what becomes clarified jivena heyaha bandhaha sphuti bhavet that bondage which should be given up by the jiva becomes clear heyaha that which is you know which is to be given up you know to that is that which is worthy of being given up meaning like garbage <laughs> so garbage is worthy of being given up nobody cries when you take out the garbage actually you feel very relieved and light that okay the house is being clean of this thing which was not needed and so so this has to be given up what has to be given up listen carefully the uh, author swami vidyaranya ji is not saying you know dvaitam heyah he is not saying that you know dvaitam heyam he is not saying he is not saying that the dvaita has to be given up ha ah, what is he saying he is saying the bondage resulting from the dvaita should be given up so already he has made large leaps and many claims in this one verse so what does he say he says the dvaita is being delineated because as a result of this delineation something becomes very clear sphuti bhavet this is a kind of a construction called chvi pratyaya so like bhasmi kritam you know uh, like this you know we we find in the bhagavad gita a lot of this you know bhasmi uh, bhasmi bhutam bhasmi kritam so like this sphuti sphuti bhavet so it's a particular um, you know uh, what is that suffix and uh, meaning that it it is uh, you know it is uh, it is made to be extremely clear you know and uh, so what is clarified what is the bondage that is experienced by the jiva we saw the what makes up jivatvam is a feeling of bondage and the feeling of bondage the author rightly connects to the perception of duality so there is a sambandha between the duality and the bondage and in order to give up the you know bondage we need to discriminate in the duality we, we need to discriminate uh, you know and have a conversation about the kinds of dualities that are there very interesting Come on! How many kinds of dualities can be there? So here, Swami Vidyaranya says, at least two kinds of duality are there. Two kinds of duality are there. Well, what other duality is there? You know, let us say, let us classify the duality based on who done it, based on the author of authors of those dualities. so thankfully this dvaita is not just the jiva's problem ha huh? because you think that okay the jiva has created this duality 
नो 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 ईश्वरेण अपी जीवेन च श्रिष्टम द्वैतम विविच्यते so this duality you are not the problem you are not let us say the only problem and uh, so what is the problem here there are two kinds of dualities one kind of duality is <laughs> created by who none other than ishvara and the other kind of duality is created by who this jiva so this is you know this is a beautiful you know beautiful verse very very interesting and we'll point out a few things that are important in this verse now that we have seen the meaning so first is the use of the you know passive voice you know in english we don't use the passive voice you know when you write essays you don't use the passive voice why because you know the use of the passive voice the teachers will tell you the grammar teachers makes the uh, makes you sound weak instead of uh, uh, the duality is being delineated you know uh, you should say i am delineating this duality but here this is you know this is the beauty of the tradition and the beauty of sanskrit the passive voice is highly regarded and and used a lot you know why because it is you know it is seen that one is not the agent or the author of knowledge one may be writing a book without being its author because the book was already written and one is just having the grace to be able to so to speak you know be inspired and channel the book basically be the nimitta for the book and knowledge is old there is nothing new that is invented knowledge is already pre existing you just plug into it knowledge is with ishvara you just plug into it and then therefore you say it is being delineated i am not the agent of its delineation so this is the first thing i want to you know uh, i want you to look at because we will have you know in the vedanta works a lot of passive voice is used because of the humility of the uh, of the swami ji's who write these works and the humility you know mean means they you know they are not trying to put themselves forward many times they don't even sign the work later on it is understood who wrote this and then uh, some teka kara somebody who is writing a commentary will say this is you know so and so's work so therefore vivichyate is appropriate for a knowledge that is beyond just a person it is the whole parampara from the guru shishya guru shishya it has come and so vivichyate vivichyate even the teacher said vivichyate the teacher's teacher said vivichyate everybody said vivichyate even lord dakshinamurthy also said vivichyate why because it's a limitless unending knowledge and in the previous kalpa of creation you know he had given this knowledge also it was being delineated so nobody is the author of this knowledge nobody can claim authorship of this important you know work of called vedanta and so the use of the passive voice is the first thing i want to uh you know bring your attention to because we'll have a lot more of this and the second thing is you know a small word coming at the end of the first uh, you know word ishvarena api ishvarena api ishvarena api 
Api means also. And when you do the anvaya, when you put this in a textual form, one would say, Ishvarena jivena, jivena api srishtam dvaitam vivijyate. You know, and you know, so the api has been kind of displaced consciously. And then one can dismiss this and say, this is for the sake of the anushtup meter. <laughs> yeah. Because if you say Ishvarena Jivena, Jivena, it doesn't come properly. It, it, the, the, the chandas gets disrupted. You know, that is just a superficial reason. There is a reason why this api is there. Because I told you what is the hallmark of this jiva, of jivahood is alienation. So in the jiva's awareness, in the ignorant jiva's awareness, there is no Ishvara. <laughs> Where is Ishvara? No Ishvara. It's all me, me, me. I am the monarch of all I survey. You know, my life, you know, is like this. You know, from, from here to here is my property. And I am the source of my accomplishments. I am the source of my disappointment. Although I'd like to blame the disappointment ideally on someone else. But I'm certainly source of my accomplishments. I take credit. And I have to take credit where it is due. And it is definitely due here. And so why should I, you know, if there is no one else. <laughs> and this is the jiva strutting along like a peacock. And you know. Forgetting that you know that that it can that even it cannot walk the jiva cannot walk cannot talk cannot see without the blessing of the sense organs and the organs of action and that blessing of satchidananda which powers the body mind sense complex powers even the ahankara to strut around is totally forgotten it's totally forgotten. Just like in the Keno Upanishad the story, there is a story in the Keno Upanishad. Agni, Vayu and Indra are celebrating their lot of clinking of glasses. Soma juice is being imbibed freely and then they are celebrating a war against the Asuras. They are celebrating a war and then, you know, each one is saying, Asmaakameva Vijayaha, Asmaakameva Mahima. You know, Ours, to ours this glory belongs, to ours this uh, victory belongs, victory shall be ours, you know, and forgetting that even the spurti to fight and the satta to even sit in their chariots and the, you know, the, the knowledge to the know-how of warfare, everything was given by Bhagavan. So the jiva is just a, in a way, misnomer, there is no jiva, it's all Ishvara. And that is what we are going to see, that the reason, uh, the, the way to come out of this duality is to Ishvarize the Jagat and how to do that, you know, will be given step by step. But here, the Jiva, you know, there is no Jiva, it's only Ishvara. But the Jiva has carved out a little pit for itself. I can't call it a niche. A niche is a nice pedestal and a nice secure place. But this is a pit for itself. First it says, I want everything to be mine. I'm going to take this and run because I don't want anybody else to get it. So I'm going to, you know, dig a pit and sit in it and hide from everything. And then what? 
feels lonely nobody plays with me even ishvara has abandoned me what about me why me what do all these sentences have in common we that is the one <laughs> and this jiva is sitting and crying and so the hallmark of jiva is alienation has turned away from anything other than the ego which is identified with small things and swami vidyaranya corrects this vision and says you are not the only thing that is creating here in this jagat you may have some you know tools you go like this with a hammer and chisel and you go like this with a screw driver and you go some you do some things you know you connect certain things and make call it a house you know you may have a few abilities but this is this is an ironic statement ishvarena api srishtam dvaitam so ishvara has also contributed it's not just you this is what is called vyangya you know there is a hasya hasya means there is a kind of a irony a kind of a funny irony that cannot be lost to us is because just one word look api is you, you can you know you can get so much out of this you know so uh, ishvarena api and let's not forget that that there is ishvara after all you may not have anything to do with ishvara you may not even notice that there is ishvara but let me remind you that the first and foremost duality so to speak is called is created by ishvara ishvarena srishtam idam you know dvaitam so and then another duality is jivena srishtam so ishvara prapancha ishvara srishta dvaita and jiva srishta dvaita there are two kinds of dvaitas and then you know we will see in the in the uh, evening class we will be able to see now what these you know what these dvaitas are and what is the difference between the ishvara srishta dvaita and jivas dvaita is there any difference what is the difference from verses 2 to 13 we have uh, ishvara uh, we have ishvara dvaita ishvarena srishta dvaita is being discussed from verses 2 to what 13 and after that will be launched a uh, discussion of jiva dvaita so now then we will see in detail what is this ishvara srishta dvaita and jiva srishta dvaita okay all right yeah you didn't miss much uh, uh, thankfully we understood this immediately all right om purnamadah purnamidam purnat purnamudachyate purnasya purnamadaya purname bavashishyate om shanti 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 हरि ओम श्री गुरुभ्यो नमः हरि ओम